Welcome to the Gears and Grind podcast, where the best and brightest entrepreneurs, automotive personalities, and innovators share their stories about how they built their empires and impart lessons for you to do the same with your host, Joshua Bennett. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Joshua Bennett with the Gears and Grinds podcast, and I'm here with Jonathan Andrews. Jonathan Andrews, Jonathan Andrews and I were actually friends in um, college, and he had a real impact on me. Jonathan, say hello. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Joshua. For people who don't know who you are, I'd love, to, I'd love for them to just know a little bit about what you do and, and how you think and how you operate and that type of thing, you know? Yes. Big question. I'll do my best to condense it down into 60 seconds or less. I could go a lot of places with this, but I'll just share what's relevant to me right now in my life. Like you mentioned, we went to Georgia College together. That was back in 2016. I graduated in April of that year, and I met the CEO of the company that I work at today at an extracurricular event in Barrie. His name's Mark Castell. He was the CEO of Fix at the time, and I met him because I went to that extracurricular looking for some mentorship about the next steps. And when we met, it, that in itself is a great story, but he offered me a job to come work at Fix, which at the time was about 24 employees. Yeah. And never living in the city, it was a leap of faith coming out here, but I knew there was lots of opportunity I knew I had the skills to be valuable to a sales team. So I decided to take a job in sales at Fix. And since then, my life has never been better. Like I said, I worked here at Fix for the last two and a half years. I've become heavily involved in a ton of different communities when it comes to public speaking, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to building leadership in both youth and the employment here at Fix. And for the most part, I've been engaged over the last couple of years in a process of continuous self-improvement in communication skills, Mm -hmm. in personal leadership and discipline. And then also one of my biggest dreams is to facilitate the success of my peers. And so that's been part of my journey as well. To say thank you for coming on um, as my first guest. Mm. Um, That's definitely made made me happy that you were willing to even come on and, and to start this journey with me. So thank you. Where can people find you? Uh, Social media, um, do you have a website, that type of thing? Yeah, great question. I appreciate you sharing and letting people know. They can find me at jonathanandrews.ca and I'm Jonathan Andrews on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and they can connect me there as well. Okay, so we're going to dive into the meat and potatoes of why you're here. All right, let's do it. All right, so... So, so you're a public speaker, right? And, and you deal with mental health and you speak about it. So i just like to know about your experiences with mental health. It goes back to my transition between elementary school and high school. I look at transitions as being a really challenging time for most people, whether it's elementary to high school, or it's high school to university or college. For a lot of people, it can be really challenging. Maybe it's to the workforce. But those are really stressful times. They're times of uncertainty. There's t- they're times of often overwhelmed for people and it was no different for me. I remember going from grade eight to grade nine and I had some significant changes. I remember I had a close family friend and they took their own life and it was someone that had made a big impression, big impact on me. And through that experience, I was shaken up. I experienced trauma and I could recognize that now. And when I went into grade nine, I'm sure you can relate, Joshua, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate too. You got a lot of new decisions to make. You're in a new environment. You've got to decide who you're going to hang out with, if you're going to go to class, what you're going to prioritize. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you got to sort through all these new decisions. And candidly, when I look back, I made all the wrong calls. And it was a, it was a tough transition. Like I said, I decided that I was going to skip class. I started hanging out with the wrong guys. I started doing drugs. I started, I quit, in fact. A lot of the things that up to that point were giving me joy, giving me meaning like athletics and focusing on my education and spending time with my friends. So my 
life was really slipping through the cracks and I was dropping the ball in a lot of places. And as I developed in grade nine and grade 10, I started to experience some real challenges and struggle with my mental health. I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't going to class. I wasn't sleeping properly. I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't exercising anymore. And I started feeling anxiety and depression. It got so bad that I spent more time at home than I did at school. And as someone that had come from getting great grades and, like I said, completely dropping the ball there, my parents noticed the difference, were genuinely concerned. And after about three to six months, they just said, you know what, this is enough. And they brought me to the doctor. And that first meeting with the doctor, I was diagnosed with clinical depression, anxiety. Mm. And that really was a wake up call for me. The next two years of my life was a lot of the same. It was a lot of feeling overwhelmed, feeling like there was this dark, heavy, relentless cloud of negativity surrounding me. All my decisions were tough. I skipped and missed a lot of school. I missed a lot of social time. And ultimately, now that I'm looking back, I'm really grateful for a couple people that were there for me in a time when I really needed them. And yeah. when I was about 17, going on 18, things started to change in, in a positive direction. And over the last four or five years since then, Josh, I've, I've tasted a fraction of what I experienced when I was in high school. I haven't got anywhere close. And I'm, I'm really happy to, to say that because for people that have experienced depression, you know that it's, it's often cyclical. It comes in waves. Sometimes you feel it more than other times. Sometimes you make the wrong decision. It really hits you hard. Uh, I've developed strategies like a lot of people that cope with that type of anxiety, that type of depression to mitigate when it comes back. And I'm really happy to be in a positive place right now to not only be able to support myself, but to support my peers if they're going through challenges as well. For me personally, I've struggled with depression and anxiety as well. And it kind of kicked in after my grandma after my grandma passed away a couple of years ago. Okay. So that was so that was a huge uh, knock, uh, just just a huge shake up in my life. Yeah. And then it kind of just kept going, kept going, and then it it it, it, it kind of just laid underneath the surface. I, I wasn't really sure what it was mm-hmm. until I actually got to until I actually got to Georgian. And just the traveling back and forth from Newmarket busing every day and not being able to really have any real solid friendships to keep me tethered and, and not eating properly, like you said, not sleeping properly, like you said, right? It, and, having, and having problems in school. And that just kind of, kind of just compounded things and made things even worse, right? And, and that kind of allowed or let down my guard enough to let to let those to let depression and anxiety kind of step in, yeah, and kind of lead me down this path where it's very dark, it's very lonely. You 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 want to you you want to reach out even even before high school. I was very into very much into soccer, basketball. Um, I, I was very much into those things. I hear you. And maybe after college, I'm like I'm like, well, what's the point, right? Yeah. And and things got so bad that that um, that you know I, I I I even I even decided like like really what's the point maybe maybe, maybe I should just end it right and my mom's like you know what Joshua it, enough is enough enough is enough like you like you like you need to go talk to someone you need to you need to talk to someone enough is enough yeah and, and I appreciate I appreciate you being able to share and having me on this show candidly to be able to share my experience as well I used to have a lot of shame. And I'm sure you felt that way as well. Having shame around asking for help and reaching out for support. And that's one of the biggest barriers that I've seen people in their recovery is they're not willing to be able to extend a hand and and lean on someone in those times of need. So I'm happy to be able to share this. And I'm happy you're you're able to share this because the more we expose that this is really common, and we have similar experiences, mm-hmm. the easier it'll be for other people that are going through it in that moment to be able to say, hey, I'm not the only one. 
it's okay to struggle, but it's not okay to not ask for help. Yeah, because a lot of people, they, they tend to, you know, they, they tend to internalize a lot of things, right? Yes. If they're really, if they're really struggling. It's very much about keeping it to myself. I'm okay. I'm still okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in that place yet. And, you know, when, and when, because I've had friends and I've, I've tried to reach out to people, right? Yes. And I'm like, I'm like, look, I'm here. I'm, 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 I'm here. I need to talk. Right. And I've had, I've had the great support system of my mom and my aunt that have really stepped up and said, and said, okay, Joshua, and if you don't want to talk right now about what's going on, we're here, we're here, right? We're here and we're, and we're, and we're willing and ready to help. Right, and just going through those waves because, because like like like, like my next question is, um, ways uh, ways to combat it, right? And, and I, I I firmly believe I firmly believe that depression and anxiety are caused by triggers, right? If you if you if you let's say for example, um, if, if you're having if you're like really really stressed out about a test or something, right? And then your and then your brain literally that's all you're thinking about, mm-hmm. right? And you're not doing that well in the course, for example. Mm-hmm. Then what ends up happening is all that's all you start thinking about, and then you start doubting yourself, and then that doubt turns into depression, right? And then you're not eating properly as well. You're not exercising, not, and that's a that's a huge factor yes. as well, right? And you're not and you're not getting out. You're not getting out and socializing, right? Yep. And that's an, and that's and that it just all compiles and creates depression and anxiety, and then it could take it, it could take days or weeks to even get out, right? Which I think is is something that that we need to talk about. People need to know, right? That 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 it's not that, that most people, most people don't even want to be in that. It's just that they don't even know the right they didn't they don't even know the right triggers. Right? Yes, because every because everybody's trigger is different, right? Yeah. At the same. Yeah. Time. Can you do you mind summarizing that? What's the is there a specific question there? Yes. Um. How would you, okay, how would you, how, how do you normally combat, like, when those times, like, when you're, uh, like, when you feel that you're about to um, go or, or, or kind of slip into that, the, the, uh, slip into the depression or the anxiety, okay. what do you do to combat that? Yeah. yeah, that's a great question. I'll, I'll start off by saying, to address your earlier point about the triggers, I, the challenge with something like depression or something like mental health specifically and struggling with mental health is that there are a variety of factors that can impact the quality of your mental health at any given moment. Mental health fluctuates over time, just like physical health would. And this is a lot of the lessons that I've learned as a volunteer with Jack that are really being educated about what's happening in people. And so when it comes to mental health, you could be healthy, you could be stressed out, you could be struggling, you could be in crisis, and there's different factors that impact where you're gonna be on that spectrum at any given moment. Things like your genetics and biology will make an impact, what your environment looks like, so what kind of family or home you grew up in, the culture, society structures, these are all types of things that can impact your mental health, but your question now is, you know, what do we do about it if and when we start to recognize that we're slipping Maybe we're going from our healthy, normal mental health to feeling more stressed or feeling like we're struggling. Is that the question? Yes. Okay. And, and, yeah, and, 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 and just to add on to that, um, just, 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 just how would you, if, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you felt that you were um, slipping, I mean, slipping down into that path, how would you, how, how would you, how would you combat um, those those feelings, those those those, those urges, yeah. right? It's a great question. I think it's a practical question. A lot of times, when these types of things happen to us, we feel very helpless. And my goal is often to make people feel like they are in control. And you do, and you can take steps that'll bring you back to a state of being healthy, feeling healthy, feeling strong, feeling vibrant. And there's a few things that that don't change from person to person. 
And there's a lot of things that will be unique to the specific individual. Let me give an example. The things that don't change, what are the pillars that we can look at? We've already discussed those. So if you're listening to this and you're potentially in that place of struggling, maybe you're even in a crisis, the conversation should be the same. How's your sleep? What's your diet and nutrition look like? How much do you move your body? Those are three simple questions that although they sound really simple, are the most practical first steps when we're considering our mental well-being in any given moment. How's my sleep? How's my nutrition? How's my exercise, movement, fitness, whatever program you want to call it? Those are the essential pillars that people need to tackle first and foremost. And then as extensions of those, and I'm happy to get into recommendations of things that I do on a daily, weekly as a rhythm to, to make sure that I feel optimal. But as an extension of those, you can start to consider things like, what type of people are you hanging out with? Because the energy of your, yeah, the energy of your environment can impact your sleep, can impact your nutrition, and can impact the way that you move your body. If you hang out with people, as an example, that smoke, that do drugs, that stay up late and party, and not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm just saying, if you do those things, you hang out with those types of people, you are more likely to do that yourself. Jim Rohn always said, you're the average of the five people you spend most time with. It's the same as the adage, birds of a feather flock together. We've all heard that. The, the challenge is, is stepping back for a moment and doing an audit of the people in our lives, especially the ones that are closest to us, that are influencing us most. So that's another pillar that I would consider. And then I would consider, you know, things that are more intangible, like what are, what are your thoughts like on a daily basis? And these are challenging things to, to be conscious of. These are things like, what are your thoughts like? Do you meditate? There's small disciplines that you could take on that, you know, do you clean your room? So like these are things that will be unique from person to person. Are you expressing yourself? Are you playing music? Do you draw? Like, what are the things that helps bring joy into your life? But I would start with those three pillars and then I would extend it out to those things that will be unique across person to person. Yeah, because what you're saying, it's simple. It's very easy to do, but the actual execution of that is, is, is a lot more difficult because most people to realize that, that okay, if I'm not, you know, getting getting outside right my, my mental health is going to be affected if i'm not if i'm not going out and having having some having some time with my friends right that that are that are good to me that 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 that, that want the same thing that fill you me. up yeah yeah, yeah that, that, that that fill you up instead of they, they have they have a vision they have a goal they have they want to get somewhere partying and, and doing that type of stuff to an extent is okay Right and, and getting out and, and meeting new people even right and meeting other like-minded people to, to to kind of help you and to kind of help you grow and to kind of look at look look at the world in a very different light in a very different um in in a, in a very different perspective right because a lot a lot of us a lot of us t t tend to think that that we're right ninety percent yeah. of the time when when there's a different perspective yeah. that we're not even looking at right yeah and to go a little bit deeper into this. How about I break down each piece so that we can give really practical and actionable feedback for people? Yeah, that, that, that sounds good. I'll keep it quick. Let's start with sleep. You need seven hours. All science around sleep and the research about sleep shows that anything less than seven is not enough. There's 0.1% of the population that thrives with less than seven, and it's probably not you and it's probably not me. We need at least seven, strive for eight, but the, the science is clear about productivity, about longevity, about it impacts other things. Like if you don't sleep enough, you're more likely to want to consume junk food, processed foods, sugar. Yeah. You're less likely to feel like exercising. And if you yeah. do exercise, if you don't sleep enough, you're more likely to be injured. So the, the science is very, very clear that we need to be sleeping enough we need to be sleeping high quality, so make your room dark, make sure there's no noise, 
don't eat too close to, to bed, don't look at electronics close to bed an hour before. Like there's, there's these different variables we can control, but those would be the practical tips around sleep. When it comes to nutrition, Joshua, I like to keep it simple. I think simple helps people take action. If people are looking for an action step around nutrition and cleaning that up, check out Michael Poland. He has a book called Food Rules, and here's the headline, and it's really all you need. It's eat food, mostly plants, not too much. What that means is eat food means eat real food. If your grandma wouldn't recognize it as a food because it's processed or came through a window at a fast food restaurant, then you probably shouldn't be consuming it. So eat real whole foods, eat a lot of vegetables, lots of plants, lots of fruits, and then don't eat a lot. The calorie restriction is the number one tool for longevity. It's the number one tool for feeling high energy. If you're stuffing yourself, uh, you're, you're going to get fatter. If you're fatter, it's going to be harder to go through your day-to-day, and you're definitely not going to feel as confident, and, and that's just the the blunt truth and it'll impact your mental health. Yeah. And, 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 and just another thing on, on nutrition and sleep. I mean, just nutrition mostly. Um, I was, I was actually watching this, this, uh, this Netflix documentary called what the health. And they talk about, and they talk about all these different um, organizations that, that like the heart and stroke foundation or the cancer foundation, all these other organizations that are out there that deal with diseases and they're promoting like, and they're promoting like eat like like for example eat steak, when steak causes, um, can or can cause, heart heart failure or heart problems or even even in some cases cancer, right? And all these organ everything's connected, right? If you don't eat properly, then then you're more likely then you're more likely to end up with health problems. If you don't have a more balanced diet and if you're not drinking water, you're not flushing your system. And you're making sure that you're able to, you know, get out and and feel good, yes. yeah. right? Then, 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 then during those times when you don't feel good, that's when you that's when you're at your weakest, right? And that's when you yeah, Joshua. You, and I agree with a lot of you said uh, with what you said. I don't I don't agree with the steak piece. This is a conversation for another podcast. We could definitely chat more about steak and animal products and things like that. What the health, in my opinion, there is a lot of propaganda and you're not getting both sides of the arguments, both sides of the story. There's a lot of good research about the benefits of animal protein. I don't want to get into that here because that's not really the purpose. The, the goal is whole foods, real food that you know where it came from, you feel confident that it was ethically sourced, uh, and you just know and you feel good when you eat them. And then one of the pieces that I want you to consider, and that I want everyone to listen and consider is checking in with yourself. This is a huge piece when it comes to mental health, because like I said, mental health is gonna vary on a spectrum in any given moment. I may be stressed today, but that doesn't mean that I'll be stressed tomorrow, I could feel healthy, I could even be struggling. So checking in means at the end of the day, after I ate that pizza, how do I actually feel? Maybe I feel good. Maybe the higher carb is actually being used by my body. Maybe it's not. Yeah. So for, for, for different folks, you know, different strokes for different folks, right? You need to be able to check in. The things that will support my mental health, like as an example, I like to ferment foods. Very few people like to ferment foods, but it, it brings me joy and I'm passionate about it and it fills me up and it makes me feel good. So that may not be the same for you as is for me. A lot of people like playing video games. A lot of people like playing guitar. But, but ultimately, let's keep those three pillars together of sleep, nutrition, and exercise. This is daily movement. It doesn't have to be weightlifting. It could be yoga. It could be a Zumba class. It could be calisthenics. It could be going for a bike ride. It could go for a walk outside. Like those things don't change. Yeah. And if you get those squared away and you make them a rhythm, you make them a pattern, you make them a good positive habit in your life. How do I come to bring this all around from if I'm slipping off, I take a look at those three. If I'm screwing up in any one of them, I dial it in, I square it away and, and without fail, Every single time I start making progress 
in the right direction. Yeah, so I want to clarify what I had originally said about about what the health it's it, it wasn't really talking about like you know how they how they actually slaughter how they actually slaughter it how they how they actually slaughter the cow and they add in like antibiotics and all other stuff that can actually be detrimental to our overall health down the road and I I I am I am I am by no means saying that 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 and and that meat is a bad thing. I personally love meat. I will personally, I'll probably die a carnivore. Um, but, <laughs> but, 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 but yeah, I'm telling you right now. But, but, but at the same time, at the same time, definitely having a healthier diet will definitely benefit you in the long yeah. run. So, so my next question, how did you, how, how did you find out about Jack.org? This could be a long story. There is a lot of intricate details and <laughs> a lot of wheels that were turning to make this come to be the shortest version is that i was at an event in june of 2017 called speaker slam it was a pitch contest there was 40 people pitching an idea i decided to compete i pitched that i wanted to go into your school and speak to your classrooms about what mental health is, how to be there to support yourself and your peers, educate the classroom on practical steps they could take to look out for themselves. And then through that experience and that pitch, I ended up winning, which I'm really excited about. And I met someone at that event named is Shelly, amazing human being. She's had challenges with mental health and that's why she connected with me after that event. And she said, you need to meet the executive director of Healthy Minds Canada. And that was, like I said, back in June of 2017. And I did that. I ended up speaking at an event that they did for free. It was their annual, their annual general meeting. And because I did a good job there, they invited me to speak at their gala. And they had an annual gala that helped raise funds for the charity. And at that event, there was about 450 people. We raised $25,000 for mental health research and programming. And the way that I met Jack Doror was at that gala, they were actually taking over Healthy Mind Canada's resources because Jack Doror has been growing so fast and impacting so many communities and making a difference in so many lives that the natural progression for Healthy Minds Canada was to participate in helping support the growth of Jack Thedore. And at that event, I met the founder of Jack Thedore, Eric Windler. We connected and from there, I got connected with their team and eventually became a speaker to go volunteer at schools and educate youth about mental health. I also participated in their annual national summit in Toronto, and that was in May of 2018. I'll be participating in the 2019 summit as well. And I've done dozens and dozens and dozens of presentations now at Jack.org, and I have nothing but good things to say. Their organization is, for the most part, youth-led. And I think that's the key to their success, is instead of it being a professional talking to other people yeah it's a yeah exactly instead of it being yeah. you know some candidly some like old dude pontificating to a bunch of young kids <laughs> who just there's no relatability there it's youth sharing their experiences in a very safe way to other youth to inspire them to not only like i said look out for themselves and their peers but join in on the movement of helping to share this message of it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to not reach out for help. And we need to end the stigma that surrounds mental health. They do incredible work. They're in every single province, every single territory in Canada. I did a speech last month that had 500 students. And as a result of speeches like that, high schools across Canada can start what's called a Jack chapter, where they keep that conversation going all year long even at georgian college I, I heard that there was like maybe 10 11 students committing suicide a year and i'm thinking i'm thinking okay 
well, are they doing? Are they really doing anything about it? That was my that was my main concern, right? Yeah. Even when I was there, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, if, if you're telling me if you're telling me a statistic, right? What steps are you What steps are you taking to change that this statistic if it's good or bad, right? Yeah, and you know, Jackdaw could be. It may not be the solution for Georgian College, but it's definitely a fantastic resource and a great way to get students' voices involved in finding solutions to support the school. Yeah, because because, because as we all because as you and I both know, just starting is is half a battle, right? If you're able to just get out there and be like, "Hey, I I want to make a change," you you've already you've already started, right? Like, 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 you, like you've already, like you've already won the, 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 battle to some extent. And then now it falls to you to do the execution on that. Yeah. Right. And, and with Jack.org, it could lead from a discussion to actual action following or following that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. Anyway, if we're successful, if we do our job properly, if we, communicated in a way that mobilized people into action, that's the goal realized. Yeah. Cool. All right. So so my next question, um, what is the 5 a.m. hustle? I, I know that that's your handle on Instagram. Mm. I'm just really curious. I'm really curious about how you came up with that. One of the things that I love most about the 5 a.m. hustle is that it is a reminder to me to have an open mind and being willing as a person to evolve. The 5am hustle was bred out of being inspired by Jocko Willink. Jocko Willink was an Navy SEAL and he's now an extremely popular podcaster, writer, and speaker. He was a and a consultant. Exactly. Yeah, he consulted businesses, right? Exactly. Yeah, he was originally put on by Tim Ferriss, and I heard his first interview with Tim Ferriss. It was like 2016, so it's a couple years ago now, and it was around the Christmas time, and I made a commitment that I wanted to wake up at 5 a.m. because he wakes up at 4.30-ish every single day, and his tagline's like, discipline equals freedom. Isn't it actually 445? Isn't he he part of some club called the 445? Yeah, it it ranges anywhere from like 430 to, to 445, exactly. So I made I made that commitment that I wanted to wake up at 5 a.m. every single day because I wanted to start to de- develop discipline into my life. And it went really well for about three to six months. I'd probably say about four months. And I decided after I started to realize that it wasn't working for me, that I was tired through the day, I had to start caffeinating myself, my social life was being impacted because I wasn't sleeping. Uh, sorry, I was sleeping early, like at nine o'clock, and I wasn't able to really hang out with friends or to connect. I decided that I was going to do it anyway. And I really went against my gut because I liked this positioning that I'm the 5 a.m. hustle. Like it, was, it was seductive to me. I romanticized the idea. And it, it took me over a year of, I think grinding myself to a pulp and no honestly it was just burnout it was burnout i was i was tired i was i was not easy to get along with i was not operating productively because i had all this brain fog because i wasn't sleeping enough like i was just i was having all these challenges it took over a year and then i realized that it's not about the time you wake up. It has nothing to do with the time you wake up. And I had to have this internal dialogue with myself. I'm like, Jonathan, it has nothing to do with what time you wake up. You can wake up at 7 a.m. at 8 o'clock. It doesn't matter. What, yeah, and, and go ahead. And still, be able to get stuff, and still be able to get stuff done, right? Sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear that. And still be able to get stuff done. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's about getting things done. But for me, what I found was that it wasn't about the time. It was about doing what I said I was going to do. It was about the way that you attack the day. If you set your alarm for six o'clock and when the alarm goes off, you take a deep breath, put your feet on the floor, you stand up, 
and you tackle the day, then that is a successful morning. Every time you set your alarm, and I had to have this conversation with myself, every time I set my alarm, I'm making a commitment. I'm putting my word on the line. I'm saying, I'm waking up at six. I'm waking up at five. And so by doing what I said I was going to do, you develop confidence. You develop a self-image. You develop self-esteem. That's how you develop it is through following through with what you said you were going to do. Now, what I found I was doing was I was waking up at 5 o'clock, but it was like my alarm was set for 4.40, and then I, I hit snooze, and then I hit snooze again, then I hit snooze again, and then eventually I dragged myself to bed at 5 o'clock. And it doesn't matter if it's 5. Some people do that at 7 o'clock. Some people do that at, at 8 o'clock. But what I found was, Joshua, the 5 a.m. hustle for me now is a, is a mentality about attacking the day, doing what I said I was going to do, and keeping my commitment to my work. And that's what the five eight muscle is now. That's that's real, man. I I, I definitely you know what eat, eat per, per, especially for me in my own life. I, I, I'm I'm listening to you, and I'm like, and like, man, this this and this and this, and this guy just 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 way ahead of me right now. I'm like, I'm like, dude, just just throw, just throw some shame on you. I'm like, hey, the, that's wow. not that's definitely <laughs> I appreciate it. It's very flattering, but that's not the goal. Like, let me ask you this: Yeah, what's stopping you tomorrow? from setting your alarm at whatever time you want to set it, it doesn't matter, but of making the commitment to following through with the time you set the alarm. Well, that, that's just it. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. And, 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 and anyway, I'm, I'm, usually, I'm usually up at like 6.30 anyway. Okay, so tomorrow, alarm set for 6.30, mm -hmm. non-negotiable, hit the first alarm, and get up and get after it. And then call me tomorrow and let me know how it goes. You know, this isn't about making anyone feel bad. That's why I changed my mind about the 5 a.m. Because the 5 a.m. originally, for me, as much as it was about developing discipline, like I'll be as transparent as possible on this podcast. There's part of it that was me wanting to separate myself from other people and feeling good about the fact that I can wake up earlier than other people and I can discipline myself and they're not disciplining myself. But it, but it took me six months to a year to say that's not the reason why you set an alarm you set an alarm because it's the first opportunity to follow through with your commitment and joshua if you and anyone else on this that's listening wants to know of all the ways and there's a variety of ways to develop a self-esteem that gives you thick skin that makes you feel confident to be able to walk in the world and make a difference. It's doing what you said you were going to do. Another big thing for me is is getting up in the morning. Like it, 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 it really doesn't matter what time I get up. I usually, I, I, I usually, I usually get up, I usually get up and say and say, look, I, I usually do, I usually do a two to three minute devotional, and I just say, you know what, just thank you God, thank you, thank you for getting up this morning. Just, just small little things, mm. right? Because it's these small. It's the, the one thing that I'm realizing as I get older is that it's the small things in life that that I not really matter the most, right? Like, like, like even getting up, right? Because because you couldn't get up, like, like, like if, if things were different, if things were different, you could not have gotten up this morning, or you couldn't have got, or you could not have have actually gotten up out of bed this morning. Right, and especially, yeah, especially, especially, especially with my disability, you know, I, I, um, um, things had gotten so bad, things had gotten so bad with my legs that I wasn't able to actually get up and go outside and go walk for four months. So that was like, I was like, I was like, you know, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just able to even get up to even go outside and walk. It's tough, man. To even go, to even go and like go hang with my friends again. Right, to even go to school. I'm, I'm thankful for those times, right? No, I hear exactly small, what you're saying. Gratitude is powerful. Things. Small things, small things. Yeah, gratitude is powerful. And like you said, enough small things is enough often to tip the scales. And if you if you tip the scales, it could be enough to get you to take that first step in, in the right direction for a lot of things. Yeah. And, 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 and you know what? Even, even, even for me, um, even do even, even doing this podcast, right? I I, 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 I said I said that I was gonna do it, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm actually gonna do it, and then 
I got the logo done. I started, I started talking to people. I started, ta- I started, I started just messaging people. I'm like, do you want to, do you want to do this? And I went from, and I went from zero to almost filling up four months of actual work in a matter of days. Amazing. Right. And, and, and it's just that it's just, it's just those small things about just getting up. And, and, and even though, and John, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm going to school full time. I'm working on this podcast full time. Right. And I'm, and I was last week, especially I was feeling exhausted. Mm. Right. But, 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 but then I'm like, but then I'm like, you know what? I, I got up, I got up and I, and I, and I said, Lord, just thank you. Thank you because you have made it possible for me to, to, to even go out and do this. Right. And you've given me the equipment and you've given me the, the voice and the mind and, and, and you've brought people in, into my sphere that will be able to help me bring this vision to life. It's powerful. So, so yeah. It's just, That's powerful, it's man. Just you should be really proud of yourself. Yeah, man. Well, well, actually, well, well, actually, you know, it's not even about me. I'm, the, the, the reason the reason why I started this podcast was was just because I, I I wanted to tell I wanted to get people to understand that the entrepreneurship is not easy that being it being in the car culture is not easy being doing anything worthwhile is not easy but it, it but, but but it can also be very rewarding like you said right especially especially getting up at five a.m. Right, I've tried it. It is not easy, right? It is. It is probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. But it is so worthwhile, and it is so healthy. And even and, and even even getting up at six thirty, and and just saying and just saying, you know what? And do my and do my devotion every day, right? And get, getting up and getting into that routine, right? And just and just spending time by myself and with God and just saying, Lord, thank you. Just thank you for the time. Thank you for you know, you know, you know, even getting me up this morning and 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 giving thanks that I that I'm not in the same place I was two or three years ago, right? And that I'm able to actually make an impact on people's lives, even even with or without the podcast, right? There's no doubt you so, have the right attitude. Yeah, man. So so for me, you know, it's one day at a time, one day at a time, but. Man, I'm 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 definitely starting to really enjoy the journey. I'm, I'm telling Good you. Good man, happy for you. I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. So, um, how how did you get into public speaking? I'm de- I'm definitely personally really curious about this one. The best way for someone to get into public speaking mm. is to be famous. <laughs> I'm not famous, so I had to use the other way. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the second best way is to work really hard and for the most part if you're not famous working really hard means speaking for free not everybody goes down this path like i said even if you have some level of fame you you may have a known platform or positioning that gives you the opportunity where people would care what you have to say a lot of times people don't care what you have to say and that's a reality that you have to work with and look at the practical steps and the rejection. So I was in a position where I had no fame and I, I felt as if I had something worth saying that was worthwhile to share. And so I decided to speak for free. I did, Joshua, about 50 free speeches before anybody ever uttered the words to me, how much do you charge? And since then, I've done about 25 more speeches. I'm about 75 speeches into my, I would consider my speaking career. And a combination of those were, some were volunteering, like I said, with Jack the Door, and about a dozen or plus, uh, about a dozen were, were paid speeches. So I'm still on the path to becoming a professional, someone that gets paid regularly to speak. But for those of you that are looking for practical steps, join a Toastmasters club, join a debate team, Join an improv class. Get out of your house and into an environment that allows you to develop your skill set as a speaker and a communicator to become known and to develop a platform. And like I said, the easiest way to be able to speak is to be famous. So whatever you can do to try to develop fame, whether that's build a business first, get really good at something, or it's just like 
grinding it out and doing free speech after free speech after free speech until you get attention from one person that refuses you another. And then you get an opportunity to speak here. And because you've done so many free speeches, you've got enough skill where they're like, I like that. I know someone else you should talk to. And then if you're able to take advantage of those doors opening, you can walk through them and accept the opportunity when it's there. All right. So my next question is how or or what is Speaker Slam and, and how did it how did it help you um, on, along your journey mm. to, 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 to actually really um, to actually really force you to talk about, you know, mental health and other to- other topics that, that, they, that you that, that you want to talk about. Right. And to really grow your portfolio and mm, I have nothing but love for the two co-founders of Speaker Slam. Josh, I'm not sure if you've ever met them, but it's Dan Shake and Rena Robinelli. They're actually in the in the process. I don't know when this is going to come out, but I'll plug them anyway. They're in the process of getting ready for their Grand Slam. It's happening next week, which is, let me check my calendar, on Wednesday, which makes it November 28th. November 28th is Speaker Slam, Grand Slam, and I have nothing but love for them because they gave me my first platform, my first taste of competition, which I think is really important for people. For me specifically, I think pressure creates the diamond. I wouldn't have had the incentive to condense my ideas and my story into a worthy storytelling unless I had competed at Speaker Slam. So in October, actually it was September of 2016, I started going to Toastmasters, which means I was doing free speeches. I was trying to work on my skill set. And then I had an opportunity in January of 2017, a couple months later, to do Speaker Slam. And I competed against 10 other speakers. I ended up coming second, which I'm really proud of because the winner was one of the finalists at the World Championships of Public Speaking. So if I'm going to come second to anyone, it better be that dude. And <laughs> that was, like I said, my, my, my first taste of putting something together that would really resonate with people. The video got a lot of attention. It got me the opportunity to do more free speaking opportunities. And then, like I said, about six months later in June, I ended up joining the contest again in a different style this time. It was a pitch rather than a speech. And I have volunteered at Speaker Slam for every single event since my first event, which was January of 2017. That's, that's cool, man. That's, that's actually really, really cool. Yeah, I highly recommend for people that are interested in, like I said earlier, being in an environment that cultivates positivity, support, love, stretching yourself. Speaker Slam is a great place to do that. It's a really good place to do that. And that's as a, a guest, someone that's attending. Now, if you want to test your communication skills, your ability to write and deliver performances, speeches, then I highly recommend reaching out to myself, Arena, or Dan, and thinking about being a competitor. Yeah, man, De- definitely. Jonathan Andrews is definitely the guy that you that, that, that you definitely want. In your okay, <laughs> thanks, man. No. No, no, dude, dude, I'm being 100. I'm doing being 100 serious because, dude, I've seen you speak, and you are literally amazing at, at speaking and and what you do. Thank you, brother. I remember back in those Georgian college days at Kempenfelt, that retreat, that that yeah, contest. Man, that we awesome. came, we came first, eh? Yeah, man, that was awesome. Good times. That was awesome. Twenty twenty. The the whole contest was about 24 hours of of. Of of me and Jonathan basically screaming at each other <laughs> and trying to just trying to get the idea working, um, but but uh, you know what we we uh, pulled it off and we and we got the win. So you know what it was it worth totally it. Was. <laughs> um, so future plans. Mm. Future plans for me. This is something that's been relevant and right on time considering the new year's about to roll around. We're late November in 2018 right now. I've been thinking a lot about next year. I've been thinking a lot about the rest of my twenties 
I try not to, I'm trying not to think too much further than that. Like when I think further than my thirties, Joshua, I'm thinking more virtue based things and character based things. Like I want to be a person of integrity. I want to be a person that's selfless. Uh, selfless. I want to be a person that's charitable. I want to be a person that has discipline. Like I can't look that far out. Maybe I can. I don't I haven't gotten there yet where I can know for certain this is what I want 40 years from now. But what I do know is that I want to be a person of quality character. In the next year to to five, six years in my 20s, I want to become a very well-rounded individual that's not only competent in some general skills, like some life stuff, meaning languages, art, music, social skills, things of that nature. But I also want to be specified and have very specific skill sets in other areas that will be valuable to potential employers, clients, opportunities, things like communication skills, networking abilities, interpersonal relationship skills, negotiating, things of that nature. So I'm thinking about both generalist in life, specific and more my, my professional development. And then some of my goals, man, are just have more fun than I did last year. Like 2018 has been by far, and shout out to Ian Gabriel, who is my roommate, has been a huge part of that, has been by far the most fun year of my entire life. And it's been productive and fun. And having both of those has made my life feel more holistic, more complete. So next year is going to be a lot of fun, a lot of hard work, a lot of speaking. I want to make a big impact. I have some very specific goals, but I, I, I like to keep that to myself. You know, I'm happy to share that with you, Joshua 101. Uh, I'm happy to talk about goal setting process, but for the most part, have a lot of fun, work really hard, make a big difference. And I've got some net worth goals. I've got some goals with my family. I've got some goals uh, with romantic relationships. I've got goals as a volunteer and as a, as a person of charity. So I'm thinking about my, my whole life rather than like in the past, I may have thought only about just my career or a moment in time. Exactly. Yeah, that's, and, and, and that's, and that's definitely some, 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 some wisdom there, right? Because a, a lot of people, what they, what they tend to do is they think about short term, short term gains, Versus long term, um, versus long term games, right? Because 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 Gary, Gary V loves to say, a lot of people a lot of people are, are, are very scared of the are very scared of the long term, and they crave the short term. Yeah, absolutely. I'm well. I'm craving the next time I get to look at my Instagram feed and see if I got a notification. <laughs> yeah. So I can definitely relate to that. But I'm also a big believer if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And yeah. not using your vision of what's possible for you in the future is likely going to be one of the biggest reasons why people won't get what they want out of life is because they don't have a direction. And, 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 and like you and I have been speaking about for the past couple of minutes is, is, is just having – this is having that 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 iron will, right? If you fail, if you fail, you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, mm-hmm. and say, "Okay, this didn't work. I need to go about it this way." Yep. Or keep going down this way, and then just keep hitting it until until it falls down. Or go or going about or go pivoting it or pivoting and going around in another direction. Right? You're right, man. Absolutely. Hey, I've written a lot. And I've spoken a lot about resilience and the ability to suffer. One of my favorite people is a guy named Kevin Rempel. And I highly recommend for those that don't know Kevin, we've written some blogs together and we've done some interviews together. He is a guy that just has tremendous will and an incredible ability to be resilient in discomfort and if you can learn the ability to have thick skin and to be able to bounce back, like you said, you will have so much more opportunity to win because you're going to fail so much more than you're going to win. You're going to fail so much more, but it's about the failures that allow you to be successful. 
I, um, on a personal note, I was, I, I was speaking with, I was speaking with, with one of my old, um, child, child, childhood, childhood friends, fathers, and, and he was, and me and him were just talking. We were speaking about, um, failure, and, and I, and I said something. I said, I said, there's no such thing as failure, right? Failure, failure tends to show you what you need to work on and where you need to go, right? If if you if if you're if you're, if you're struggling in this place right and you've been there for a very very long time, then maybe it's time for you to look at okay what's going right in my life, what's 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 like what's going right in my life and then start from there, right? Start, starting from a place of gratitude and starting from a place of of strength and 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 then moving forward with that right. So instead of lingering in the past and saying and saying oh no. I I I I didn't I, I I have regret about this or that. Take 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 a, take a step back and say, okay, I'm alive, I'm breathing, I can walk, I can I can think. Start there and be like, okay, if I want to change something, how do I do that? How do I, how do I transition from 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 like where I am to where I want to be at the same time, right? And 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 for me. It's been very much a um, it's been very much a, a waiting game for me, and very much a, 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 a silent introspection type of thing. Okay. And instead of me talking about what I'm what I, like what I'm gonna do, it's me about it's just me mainly mainly saying, okay, I want to do this, and I want to do I want to do this by the end of the year, and I want to do this by the end of the year, and slowly putting things in place so that I'm able to actually accomplish those goals. Right and taking small steps like like for example, um, um, getting getting the logo done for for this podcast. Getting the logo done for this podcast was a huge thing for me because I'm because that, because then not not only do I have money invested, and I'm think I'm thinking okay I, I have I have money invested I have time invested now so so I literally cannot back out. Mm-hmm. And then what ended up happening was 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 was, was after the logo got done I started to realize. Okay, I need to get. I need to start getting people on. And and I just said, okay, I'm I'm just gonna, I'm just I'm just going to message my friends and just and just just see what they say, right? If, if I get a, if I get a yes, if I get a yes, then that's great. If if I don't if I don't get a yes, then then then, then you know what? I'll move on, right? I'll find I'll find somebody because because somebody will, right? Yes. Right. They're, they're, hopefully, they're, anyway. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, right? There there's there normally. No, no, normally with anything, there's always one person that that, that will say yes or no, or or that, or that will mainly say yes to you, right? And you just have to find that person. You have to you have to be, you have to be diligent to find that person, right? And to just and to just say, okay, I'm not going to stop until like in, until I get that yes, right? And just being able to 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 have that to have that resilience and the in the will to to to, to say, look, I. I'm at, I'm at this point in my life and I want things to change and I've been talking about change for so long. I need to change and I need to get moving and I need to I need to get stuff done. Right? And then actually saying, okay, writing stuff down because writing stuff down is a huge thing. Right? My 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 mom gave me some good advice and she said she said Joshua, if you have an idea, write it down, write it down and then develop it during your free time. Right, and just taking the time and developing your ideas and developing what you want to do, and then going from a place of okay, I need to do this, and I need to do this, and then move it from I need to do this to this, and then to this, to my goal. Mm-hmm. Right, and and that's kind of and that's kind of how I kind of that's kind of my thought process on that. So yeah, you'd be surprised how many people don't take those practical steps, but that's what's required. Keep it simple. One step at a time, uh, make progress in the direction you want to go. So, so my, so, so my last, so my very, very last question: What is, what is, what is the favorite book that, that you've ever that, that you've read so far? Sorry. My favorite book that I've read so far. So, like, so, like, so, like, so, like this year. Yeah. The, 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 the reason why I'm asking is because I had to do this reading Tough. challenge for my aunt. I did this reading challenge for my aunt, and I'm telling you, dude, I literally because because when I when I was younger, I used to read a lot, 
And then I kind of, as I got older, I kind of just started on my phone and all this other crap. And then I'm like, okay, I need to read 10 books by the end of the summer. And, and I, I, I literally went from reading zero books a month to getting about maybe a, a book done in three or four mm-hmm. days. And these, are, and, these, and these are no chintzy books, eh? They're like... Yeah, I, I, I like the question. It's a great question. I'm happy to give you one of the books that I like. <laughs> the reason why I'm just a little hesitant is because it depends on where people are in their lives and what they're trying to get. Like yeah. uh, Right now, I want to be better at sales. So I'm reading books about negotiation. There's times in my life where I really need to make smarter decisions when it comes to finances. There's times when I'm thinking about leadership. I'm thinking about discipline. I'm thinking about e-commerce. Like So it depends where they are. Maybe I'll give you a couple based off of specific things you're trying to do. If you're looking for the quote-unquote quintessential personal development book, something that can be valuable at any time in your life, two great options are Brendan Bouchard's High Performance Habits and a classic Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Those would be two for the quote-unquote just the regular personal development. If you're looking for something for finances, I recommend, I'll give you another two books. One would be The Richest Man in Babylon, which is a fable. And it gives you really the five or six tips you need in order to take care of your finances properly, stop buying into being a consumer mentality, paying yourself first, investing your income, how to get out of debt, those types of things. And then also one that's really practical, and I've been deploying a lot of the strategies recently, is a book called Millionaire Teacher by Andrew Halem. And the whole book is about using ETFs and index investing as a strategy for long-term wealth. And it really is for those people who want to simplify investing. They don't want to complicate it. They're not interested in picking stocks or trying to make big decisions. It's about a long-term strategy that you could stick with. And I highly recommend, especially for, I'm not sure exactly who's going to be listening to this, Joshua, but for the listeners, especially millennials, they need to get into the stock market. They need to be investing as early as possible to be able to take advantage of compound interest. You know, there's a lot of books that I can think of off the top of my head. Those two stand out big time. If you're really interested in sales I highly recommend Chris Voss's Never Split the Difference. It's a book about negotiation. It's likely one of the most practical and books that I've been able to implement the quickest because just almost every single page has a valuable tip that you can incorporate in everyday communication. I think those would be five books that would be good places to start for people. But I'm happy to send you a full list of things that I enjoy if you're interested, Joshua. Yeah, man. I'm definitely down. Um, my top picks definitely start with "Why" by Simon Sinek. Cool. Um, Gary Vee's crushing it. I love that book. That book is amazing. Um, another an, an, another great book, but it's a little bit more technical. Is "The Art of Negotiation" by um, it's it's by a Harvard Harvard Business School professor. Yeah. It's a it's a little bit more technical, but it's but it's still a great. Especially, especially like you said, if you wanted to get into the into negotiation, it really it really breaks down the details. And the professor actually specializes in negotiations as well, so he's able to kind of to kind of give you a framework about how negotiations go, negotiations go from from a concept to actual contract and, and contract and um and um the signing, right? Yeah. And and how to how to how to really navigate those waters. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, and, it, and it just showed me that that going into 2019, I really want to focus in on social media, and I really want to focus in on my purpose, and I really want to focus in on in on um, negotiation, just just as a personal thing. Absolutely, great man. So yeah, dude. This is um, fun. I yeah. So we're gonna sort of. I think we're about to wrap up. Um, this is Joshua Bennett with the Gears and Grinds podcast, and I had Jonathan Andrews on. Uh, it was a great podcast. Jonathan Andrews was an amazing, um, amazing guest, and uh, yeah, 
I hope you guys enjoy the fruits of our labor. All right? <laughs> Floor is yours, Jonathan. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share a little bit about my story. Hopefully it resonates with a couple people. My main goal and my main hope is that if somebody listening to this feels like they're in a place in their life where things are uncertain, they're feeling helpless, maybe they're overwhelmed, they could be struggling with their mental health, but they know, and I'll repeat it because it's important, that it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to not reach out for help because mental health is ubiquitous. Everyone has it. Everyone experiences it differently in any given moment. We're so much more common. We're so much more similar than people ever could imagine. Everyone's going through their own challenges in their own unique way. And people are more open today than ever to being able to have conversations about mental health and being there to be able to support each other. I really want to be an advocate for people that are struggling to extend a hand out and lean on somebody when they need it most because we all need it at, at some point. And I would be devastated and am devastated when I hear the stories of someone whose light had the opportunity to touch the world and, and, and it's, it's gone. gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, you know, one, one, of, one, of the, one of the things that I love to leave is, is, is like you said, you're not alone. Don't, don't, don't ever think that you're alone. Don't ever try to go it alone because it's only going to end up worse for you. Um, one of the, one of, one of, uh, and you all, and you always have, like you always have, um, um, good to talk, which, which is a, which is a, uh, a post-secondary institution, a post-secondary, uh, sponsored, um, um, helpline for mental illness and what they do is they will actually counsel you on the phone about school or uh other personal life circumstances that are that are really that are really getting getting to you and causing your mental health and really affecting you and and they'll be able to actually give you suggestions about what to do and just just even just even if you don't have anyone to really talk to then um then going to them would probably be, be, be be a good choice and to just you know and to just have someone to lean on, even if it's just for a few minutes, right? And you're able to kind of sort of, you're able to decompress a little bit and to say, and to just say, I'm feeling, I'm feeling A, I'm feeling A. And they're like, okay, if you're feeling A, then do, then, and then do B instead, right? And talk and, and to, and to really get involved and to really spread the message that mental health is something that it's not, it's not, it shouldn't be stigmatized, right? It should be, it should be, um, it should be cared for, addressed, and handled in a manner that people are able to come forward with whatever they have, with whatever question they have, with whatever concern that they have, and they're able to speak about it openly and be able to get help that they need and, and the supports and, and even and even just even just having a friend to call, right? And that's always that's always that always helps, right? Well said. All right. Well, we're done. Awesome, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me. That about wraps up today's episode. Did you like what you heard today? Well, there are many more episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Do you feel like reaching out? Connect with Joshua on Instagram at JJE underscore Bennett for more information about the podcast. If the episode spoke to you, please leave a review, voice message, or comment on either any podcast platforms, Anchor or Instagram. Keep moving forward.